Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. What's going on in the media really should be all of our business. It affects every, really every aspect of our lives, our engagement with other people, our place in society, our homes, our uh, actual businesses, if we're in that. And so these conversations are really important, and there's no one I like talking to uh, more than my guest this segment, Jeremy Murphy. He is a longtime regular on the Price of Business, former vice president uh, from CBS Television. He has a public relations firm. He has a public relations firm and really does great work in the area of crisis management and navigating the, uh, tough problems you know, when it comes to companies in public relations, and plus the author of a fabulous book, that I love that you mentioned uh, when you come on. Mention that book and give us that one best website for people to go to for more information about you and your work. Sure. Uh, the book is called F Off Chloe, and it is a humor book about the culture clash between young and old in the workplace, especially a generation, uh, Gen Zers and millennials, who, who bring this heightened sense of idealism, and they want to change the world. And they want to change the world according to their ideals and their values, which I think is hysterical. Um, and so I, I found a lot of humor <laughs> in that. And you can buy it, you can buy it uh, as you can buy anything. You can buy cat food. You can probably buy a rocket on Amazon. So <laughs> it's there yeah, for the Absolutely. Ticket. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's get into our topic today. I think this is a, is a very interesting one. We were talking about it during the break, which is the political environment and the situation with Trump and Biden, and uh, you know, you were saying that uh, your sense, you were saying during the break, was that uh, is that Biden seems to be beginning to see the light of day. And certainly, he should. Um, the economy is doing way better than anyone expected. Um, he has uh, a great, I think, level of swagger that we haven't been used to seeing. <laughs> swagger rather than stammer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, kind of an eloquence and a passion that we hadn't seen in quite a while. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm shocked when I look at the polling that says that Trump is still leading and the gap continues to grow. And this is a guy who I did my research, Jeremy, and I found it shocking. He could go to jail and still be president of the United States. I guess the founding father said, uh, well, no, we're never going to get to a point where they elect someone who is jailworthy. Well, guess what, guys? You were wrong. Um, and so it's a very strange dichotomy politically. Well, I, I do think that things are turning for Biden good. You know, the economy is doing good. It added hundreds of thousands of jobs. Um, inflation is, is, is low. Uh, we seem to have avoided a recession. And that message is slowly getting out there. The problem is Trump just sucks up all the media oxygen. But this time, not great, because he has made some stumbles and, you know, uh, confusing. Uh, every, he thinks everybody's Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, he can't use the sleepy <laughs> Joe. Joe is off his rocker when he's doing this. And, and that, you see, is getting in the, the media circulation you know saturday night live is joking about it so i think he kind of um robbed himself of that message because it was a potent message about biden about you know being too old and not you know no no energy and not knowing where he is well trump doesn't know where he is and he doesn't know who he's talking to so that's a message that he lost and um you know he, he yeah 
the E. Jean Carroll thing, you know, the 86 million, I, he, he literally talked that jury into finding him. Had he just been quiet, he, there probably would have been a small amount. But he was so obnoxious yeah. and so belligerent that um, now he has an 80, $83 million judgment. And, you know, the, the yeah. joke about Trump is he really doesn't have any money. You know, it's all tied up in real estate and foreign investment. And so I don't know how he gets out of this. Yeah, and he's about to have to do a fire sale of his real estate in the uh, city of uh, Manhattan, uh, or uh, New York City, rather, uh, adjudicates like it looks like they might, uh, Jeremy. He may not be able to operate there. They give you a limited time frame to get rid of those properties, my understanding of the law. Um that means it's going to be a fire cell for him. Um, and his ability to do business in the future would be, wow, just imagine. Well, that's a joke, though, because, you know, any New Yorker knows Donald Trump is a joke. I mean, no, develop, no bank will lend him money. Developers look down on him. He can't. He, he puts his name on stuff, but that's a marketing thing. He doesn't own a lot of these buildings. No, he doesn't. Um, you know, the, the Trump name used to mean something. Now I think it's a liability. But um, you know, oh, he, he he had this in, he had this inflated um, sense of himself and this perception as this very successful developer, billionaire who builds things. He doesn't build anything. He's a marketing guy, and so that's a good point. You know, be, being like banned from doing business in New York, uh, no one wants to do business with him in New York. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. He does own things, though. We do see that. And he does have things that that go through there. But, yeah, I think the writing around it may not be that that big of a deal. Um, Boy, you talk about someone who does not understand brand management. I kept hearing people talk about Oprah Winfrey running for president, and she sounded like she was playing with the idea, but ultimately decided not to. I think the number one reason why is that the minute you decide you're going to run for office, it has a profoundly polarizing effect. Uh, Certainly, uh, Trump had the notion of how polarizing can I make it? (laughs) And, you know, you lose all kinds of support instantly just with that decision to uh, run for higher office. You know, and and, uh, I think uh, Oprah whom I'm no huge fan of it by any stretch, and we understand the importance of brand management. Well, you know, Donald Trump would have none of these problems if he didn't run for office. And so when you exactly. do run for office, you have to understand half the country is going to hate you. And um, they're going to investigate you, and they're going to find out everything you did wrong. And now they play with, you know, they're, they're playing with lives. Like, it's a blood sport. You know, it used to be winning elections. Now it's putting your competitor in jail. And... Um, it's, it's honestly, president seems like the worst job in the world. I don't know anybody who'd want that job because you have the, the pressure of the world on your shoulders. Everybody's out. Everybody's trying to get you. You're going to be, you know, uh, testifying and in courtrooms the rest of your life. Oprah would be an idiot to want that. I mean, she's a billionaire. She flies around. Her, her plane is probably bigger than the Air Force One, and she doesn't have to work. <laughs> who would want that job? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that, you know, it seems like the only people that run for it these days are very fragile, you know, personality-wise. Of course, Trump on steroids, he's, he's, he's uh, like a caricature. He's so so fragile, really, his ego. Um, 
I think it's so funny because I think you do it for an ego trip, and it's probably the last least gratifying place in the world for getting one's egos, ego stroke. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because if you look at um, if you look at presidents, um, you know the, who took the job seriously, um, they all age so much in office, you know, uh, uh, like Bush, Clinton, Obama, you know, from when they went in office to when they look out, came out, they, they look, you know, like they've been through war, you know, they got older. Trump is the only one who didn't. We got older. <laughs> we got older listening to them. <laughs> Trump didn't need a day. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the media. The media, you know, on, on the whole recovery, oh, well, it kind of looks good, but some pe- reason people are not buying it. That's what I hear all the, all the time. And there seems to be some truth around that. Um, I, I kept coming to the conclusion that pretty much all media, left, right, everything in between, uh, pretty much is in the bath with, with Trump. I know that sounds crazy, but it's a ratings crisis for them. It's an existential crisis. Since you and I last talked with, wasn't that long ago, Jeremy, thousands of more journalists have been fired, laid off, uh, media entities have closed, and uh, it just seems to me that, uh, you know, for example, let the liberal media they go on and on. They can't find anything right with Trump. Well, guess what? That attitude of not being able to find anything right with Trump is uh, because of who they are, like MSNBC or CNN, is exactly what Trump needs to win. If CNN and, and MSNBC wanted to see Trump, they would focus on his good points. And I hate to say it, everyone, even Trump, has good points. But they literally create or help the narrative that got him elected the first time, almost got him elected the second time, and if he gets elected a third time, we'll play a role in that. You know, I always say media is not uh, – journalists like to think they're doing God's work. They think that they're reporting their news. We're writing the first draft of history. No, these are businesses. They're in the business of eyeballs. They're in the business of audiences that they can sell advertising or subscription fees. You know, that is, that is their interest is making money. And what makes money is bringing people in, you know, people watching, people reading. And when that goes away, as it has, um, you know, this is kind of like the hangover that media is having. So, you know, Trump, you know, there's not a scandal every day under Biden and circulation plummeted, ratings plummeted. And they, you know, it, it hit the bottom line. I mean, you see all these media companies selling, you know, selling, uh, laying off thousands of people. You know, things, uh, you know, they're liquidating their assets, they're selling this. Um, you know, a lot of the companies stop pumping money to streaming because they realize they overspent. So it's kind of like uh, it's pivoting, and I think we're going to see more. Like, you know, media needs to understand that, you know, the, <laughs> the, the horse has left the stable. I mean, everything's gone online to social media. Um, no one is really interested in in-depth reporting anymore. They want the quick hit. Uh-huh. They want the quick bait. They want quick news um, because they're more obsessed about themselves. They want to see themselves on Instagram and they want to do videos on TikTok, you know, and no one is really reading news anymore or watching news. And so they have to be more outrageous to keep the viewers. Yeah. And Trump yeah, everyone wants to read stuff. 
everyone wants to read and hear stuff that confirms their worldview anyway, right? Uh, there's no one challenging out there their, their thinking. I, I am, you know, you're kind of to the left, you've mentioned. I'm right of center with a libertarian streak. I read every day. I don't need to read right of center material every day. I'm pretty founded in those convictions. So I challenge myself with New York Times every day. I challenge myself with the Washington Post, not the whole thing. Frankly, that takes a week to read one, <laughs> one issue of either. But I'm, I'm, I'm going through these. Of course, I have to look at for what I do, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but I'm looking at a plethora of different media, uh, including some unconventional stuff like Reason Magazine, which uh, uh, no one could really call that legacy media, but it's, it's great make-you-think media. And that's really the key to getting smart when it comes to this stuff. So, we, you know, we talk a lot about managing and handling people in the media space. For, as we wrap it up, be, be Biden's advisor uh, for navigating, the, you know, how does he make the most of what is largely good news in his favor and not in Trump's favor? And it's, it's hard to interpret that, frankly, from the, uh, the way stories are covered in the media. Talk a little bit about that. Robert, be his, be his advisor. Well, you know, the, it's the old adage, you know, uh, you give someone enough rope, they'll hang themselves. You know, just let Trump be Trump and Joe Biden will win. You know, don't add to the fire. And, you know, I would keep him very, very scripted. I would keep him out of certain situations. I mean, in, in 2020, one of the reasons he ran was he never left his house. You know, he did everything from, you know, it's all the pandemic. And so we didn't have video of him stumbling on a, on a staircase or you know, uh, not knowing where he was. Um, so I would keep Biden very scripted, very controlled, um, avoid any opportunity that can go bad because tr- just let Trump be Trump and you win. Let Trump be Trump. Oh, that's funny. That would be a great shirt for Democrats to make. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Say on the exactly. part, Joe Biden, 2024. And on the back, let Trump be Trump. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> or the other way around. Yeah, that would resonate, actually. I like that. That's sage advice. Always had uh, great, great conversation from the one and only Jeremy Murphy. I'm a huge fan. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Thank you for having me. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.